0: Your story influences your business. This is Wingrove Street, an entrepreneurial leaders podcast where we hear the story behind the startup, brought to you by Melbourne Innovation Centre. innovation center provides business support and mentorship this week we talk to joe chanyang a brand designer coach and owner of our own design studio joe tells us her story from going from being a chemical engineer onto being a graphic designer joe uses intelligent design solutions within her work and shares her top business tips now on to the podcast Jo is a brand designer, coach, and owner of her own design studio, Jo Chanyang. Jo specializes in rebranding businesses to help them scale and grow, and has created intelligent de- design solutions for over 40 brands in the wellness industry. Jo also brings her six years of extensive experience in product and packaging, product rebrands and marketing, successfully launching new products for the FMCG, Food Food, and wellness space within Australia and overseas. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Yay, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> so good to see you. <laughs> Likewise. Um,
0: so I guess we want to start mm. from the very beginning. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your personal journey? How did you first get into the design space? Like what led you there?
1: Yeah, so I was actually a chemical engineering student and I was doing a double degree in chemical engineering and pharmacology, and it wasn't until the final year that I got a little bit of an intuitive nudge to explore something that was a little bit more creative. So engineering and pharmacology is typically very like very rational problem solving, um, and it's it's great. It's just one part of my brain that I really love to use. But then I was like, there is something more about the other side of my brain that I really wanted to explore as well. So I got this desire to sign up for uh, a graduate diploma in graphic design. And at the time, it was a big decision because I was already doing a five-year degree and then this would add another extra year onto it. So it was going to extend it a little bit, but it was also a bit more money, um, and I also didn't really know at the time whether it was going to lead to anything further down the track or whether it was just something that I was exploring just for the sake of enjoyment. But luckily, after doing the course, I remember the first lecture. I still remember the first lecture of sitting down at RMIT and the our professor at the time took us through the history of art and how it became design and I felt this like amazing sense of oh my gosh I'm in the right space and it was so exciting so I knew from that moment onwards that I wanted to do something whether it was somehow related or indirectly related I wanted to have something to do with design and so by the time I graduated I worked for FMCG companies um, like Unilever and was based in Coles head office for a number of years and also with Twinings. A lot of the decisions I made throughout my career have always led to things that were more marketing or branding led, just because it just resonated a little bit more with the creative side. So after um, six years doing that, I ended up going overseas and i started we're about to go oh yeah stuff. you're kind I of r- missing out a whole part an important it. part <laughs> So I assume that you, you, you based on our lovely discussions in the past, Um, but I actually went to Japan and when I was there, of course, Japan being Japan is so inspiring with like packaging design and graphic design in general. So I ended up starting my own business when I was there and that gave me actually a lot of space to build it up because I was already in this new country and I wasn't working full-time at, the, at that stage. I was studying part-time. Um, so it gave me the freedom and flexibility to really build it up. And then I kind of, yeah, took it full-time as soon as I came back to Melbourne and it's, it's been my baby ever since. Such a nice story. Like, I, you know, it's so,
0: like, amazing from being a chemical engineer to doing graphic design. Yeah. Like, that's – yeah, I love how you love using both parts of your brain. Yeah. So it's very cool.
1: Yeah. And design is already really – I mean, it is creative, but it is also very rational because it's also about problem solving. So I think it allows me to tap into both at the same time.
0: So was there, like, a aha moment when you realised that um, – you needed to create your own design practice like you realize in Japan, but what made you realize to start your own business?
1: Oh, that's a really good question. My aha moment, I think probably was made up of a number of mini aha moments along the way, just because I think every time I was moving towards starting um my not necessarily starting my own business at the time but doing something that made sense for me whether it was signing up for graphic design whether it was quitting my job and moving to Japan whether it was studying like a coaching course because I was really interested in that every time I did that I received so much back for it. Not necessarily money related or anything like that, but it was just a sense of me feeling more aligned and feeling like I was doing something that was serving others in a in a way that felt really exciting and motivating. So I think the culmination of all those mini aha's led to the big one aha of me being like, okay, I feel like I need to really put the show on the road and sort of put my money where my mouth was. Um, and I that's what led to me starting my own studio.
0: So can you tell us a little bit more about what your business does?
1: Yeah, so we do intentional branding and we work with companies, or when I say we, it's just me, cause it's a, a one person studio at this stage, but I would love to explore expanding it in future. Um, but I work with companies in the wellness space. So a lot of holistic yoga teachers, um, healers, counsellors, psychologists, and also companies in the health food space as well. And I help them create a brand identity or a visual brand identity that really captures the essence of who they are and what their business is all about.
0: How do you go about that process? Like how do you capture someone's brand identity?
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a good question, isn't it? Because branding is such a broad Yeah concept for a lot of people and it's not very easy to understand so there's lots of things that make up the brand so I feel like for me I come in from a visual perspective so I look at the brand identity which includes the logo the colors all of that Um, but in order to actually make that happen It's really about exploring and helping the client or helping my clients understand exactly who they are. So really going back to the story of why they started their business, understanding their bigger vision, their mission as well, which is different to the mission, (laughs) different to the vision, um, what their objectives are, who they want to speak to, who their clients or the customers are and what their offerings are in the world and how they want to serve And from that, we also weave in a lot of the work around brand personality. So really understanding how their business walks and talks and moves around the world. If that brand was a person, how would it make other people feel? And from that, we're able to actually use their brand personality as a bit of a guide for creating a visual experience of that so for example maybe their brand personality is all about freedom so it's like if they want to make people feel free what visual aspects would you need to decide to be able I guess not decide but what visual aspects could you control in some way that can convey that sense of freedom so it might be like the layout of something or the colours that you use or the textures that you use, all of those things have a story that arc back to the feelings that you want people to feel. So I think it's all about the feelings um, at that stage, but it's really coming from that bigger story of understanding their personality, their vision and their goals as a company as well.
0: I think it's such a nice way of um, yeah, creating a brand identity yeah. from their story and articulating that through design. Mm-hmm. Um, it's such an important part of the business. Uh, How did you kind of fall into the wellness industry? Because you seem to have a lot of clients that are, like you said, yoga teachers and Reiki and um, wellness practitioners. So how did you find that niche? Like, how did that come about?
1: I think this came about because I am naturally interested in it as well. So it's just something that I've always been endlessly fascinated in. And I... I think you, yeah, you effortlessly are going to nat- to talk and resonate with the people that are also interested in similar things because you share that common connection point. Um, and so, the more that I was doing branding for clients who were from wellness, uh, from the wellness industry or businesses related to health and wellness, the more that I loved working and and doing what I was doing. So, it hopefully serves them as much as it serves me but I yeah it's just something that really fulfills me at the end of the day and just came very naturally and organically I would say oh that's so nice like (laughs) it's it's nice when it just all comes together easily um
0: and also you've written a book about um in the mindfulness space
1: yeah yeah so I've written a book called the intuition journal so it's actually more I would say like a guided journal or more like a workbook. Um, And it's really just to help people deep dive and uncover or unravel their thoughts so that they can find some sort of insight into who they really are. So again, it's that aspect of helping people find the essence of who they are. I think that for me seems to be the thing that keeps popping up over and over again, whether I work with clients in coaching or in a in a book form or with my clients when it comes to branding. Um, but yeah, the journal is really dear to my heart and has been something that I feel is definitely helping people who might not be in the wellness industry. Say they might be interested in that kind of uh work they might be interested in yoga but they n- might not necessarily be that as well so it's a bit of um it, it's a product for a, a broader audience a broader audience I would say
0: yeah it sounded like a really lovely concept like I think um especially when you're a, a business owner and you're not sure what your voice is mm-hmm. it's, it sounds like a good tool that you, they could use yeah, um, yeah one of the things you were talking about um in our previous conversation that we had just before the show started (laughs) um, is that you use intelligent design solutions. Um, Can you tell us what, what is it, um, intelligent design solutions and like, how can this help a business? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So (laughs) it, for me, the way that I interpreted my own words (laughs) um, is that it's strategic. So it's intelligent, but strategic at the same time. And I think overall I would like it to be conscious so can you give us an example maybe yeah, yeah yeah as an example I think sometimes it can be easy to look at design purely from a perspective of aesthetics what looks great what um you know looks like everything, like, like the colors are looking well and like they're going together or they're pairing well with the fonts and everything's beautiful. But then I think there is a deeper strategy. So again, it's going back to the, the essence of the brand and making sure that everything feels aligned so that when you're going through a branding process or when I'm going through a branding process with a client, they know that every decision that we've made Goes back to something that resonates deeply for them in their business, so that there is a. It's not being made just because we want something to fill the space. There is a conscious decision behind each and every decision. I think that actually came a lot from my um, from my lecturers at RMIT because they taught a lot about the minimalism or the essentialism behind design. So if you're not requiring something, it needs to go and you can kind of Marie Kondo it out of the design in a sense. (laughs) It's a good good Um, use of terminology, I love that, Marie Kondo. Yeah, new (laughs) verb for the day. Um, But yeah, and if it is something that actually anchors or helps people anchor back further into the brand then you should keep it so everything has a functional purpose for being not just aesthetic purpose for being. That sounds so
0: integral and important because there are a lot of I have known a lot of businesses they're like oh we'll just do that front we'll just do that because it's pretty yeah. but they don't realize that there's a deeper meaning behind it that yes. can help um, you know, uplift the bills, business to another level. Yeah. So I like that intelligent thinking and strategic thinking for every decision there's a reason why and there's a core value mm. behind it.
1: Mm. That's yeah. lovely.
0: Um, so I guess I wanted to ask a little bit more about your business and um, if you had any pain points um, with growing a business or any obstacles that you kind of went through and how did you overcome it?
1: Yeah, I think the main, I mean, the main point, pain point or challenge, I would say, is going through the feast or famine cycle. And I think this is probably more so for service-based businesses rather than maybe product Based businesses, although there is naturally a seasonality to when people buy products as well. Um, but I think as a designer, it's really common to hear from other designers as well that they'll get booked out like months in advance, and then they'll be like working late nights and early into the early hours of the morning. But then after a period of working consistently, they'll find that they don't have any clients, and it's because they haven't continuously marketed their business and kept those new leads coming through. So this is more like business strategy rather than branding strategy. Um, but I think with the marketing side of things, that's still really important to have sustainability in terms of your processes so that things feel like they're moving behind the scenes, even if you're busy and you're working with a lot of clients. So. The way that I've been trying to overcome this, I haven't got there quite yet. I'm still like in the the muck of it but I think the main thing for me has been to hire people or at least even bring on someone to help you with your business so I have my VA um, who helps me with like the accounts and like some of the invoicing and bits and pieces like social media sort of stuff and it means that I don't have to do that and that's been a huge help I would also say that when you're bringing someone on there is going to be a transition period before they can completely comfortable working in your business so it's it's just good to ensure that that's part of the whole process as well that you don't drop people into your business assuming that they're going to know exactly what's going on because there's a there's there needs to be a lot of communication as as we go through so yeah I would say that's one thing that I've done which has Helped tremendously, um, and also I think having something that my friend and I call um, like our our VIP day or like our sort of CEO day is something that we do. It's just it's not that special. It's just like basically taking a one day every week where you work on your business rather than work on your client oh, work or your yeah yep yeah. So it's like it's a good idea. All of that admin stuff, all of the like little bits, all the sort of uh what do you call it like um loose ends that you need to tie up that's really good just to have that done on your CEO days so that you've got space I do this on a Monday because I feel like Mondays can be a little bit more stressful for me so I like having that extra space on a Monday just to ease into the week knowing that I've got all my loose ends tied up um, or as much as I could do and then I can kind of go into the rest of the week knowing that I've got a pretty good sense of where the week's gonna go
0: sounds like a really smart thing to do in a business like because a lot of the time yeah you do get a bit just not sidetracked or distracted but like focused on your clients yeah and it's so important to set aside some time just for your business to re-strategize for yourself hey is this where I want to go am I going in the right direction yeah so I think that's a really good um, piece of advice for our listeners as well
1: yeah it's really important and I think a lot of people Uh, so used to just working, working, working that it's hard for us to take that step back and really just pause and reflect on, as you say, like what's going well, what needs to change, what are the processes that we can improve on. Have you felt
0: that your business has changed um, a lot since you first started?
1: Yeah, heaps, I think. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's always on a, uh, like, Never-ending evolutionary cycle of change. I think, yeah. I guess that's
0: yeah. Most businesses too, but yeah, yeah. it's a good thing as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I guess um the other thing I want to ask you about is, do you have any proud moments that you have achieved
1: with your work? Is it? Yeah, I think like bringing out my book would have been like one of the proudest moments but it was actually it took time for that to sink in because I'm such a I can be very critical of myself I have very high expectations of myself and I remember when I brought the when I saw the book um, published and it was in my hands I was like so scared of the fact that I had made it. Why? And that was so, what, what was it? It was what? the weirdest thing. <laughs> I have no idea why I reacted in that way, but I just like almost wanted to run away because I was so afraid of what that meant because I put so much time and energy into it and it was really confronting to see your work that you've put so much time and effort into become a real thing. It's. I think it's different from the branding work that I did, because that a lot of it goes to a client, you know, it's, it's something that is not mine. So I'm not as attached personally to it, even though I'm attached to the work, I can kind of step away from it and I can hand it over and see them like have that whole full experience of receiving it. But when it's your own work and it comes back to you, Um, and you've designed it, it feels really (laughs) weird. I don't know what it is. (laughs) I've never experienced it before. And I think it just took maybe like a year, I would say. Shockingly, it took like a year before I felt like I was comfortable looking at the book and even like flipping through it properly, right? Because I was so scared of like picking up like, uh, silly little mistakes and things like that yeah we're
0: always like, our worst our oh, own worst, worst critics critic. right yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely well it was it looked like a really beautiful book thank um you. so you should be very proud thank you, thank <laughs> you. Thank you. uh I guess I w- the last question I want to ask is uh do you have any tools or tips that you could share with us that might help other businesses mm. something that you use a lot that you think you know your business can't live without or
1: Yeah I think for me it's really having that space to reflect on where your business needs to go and even doing that on a monthly basis so I have this thing where I it's it's part of the journaling process that I use but um, I do this on a monthly basis where I go through my business and i write down everything that I want to do for the next 13 weeks. And I have it, I plan it also by month by year as well. So I'm, I'm very into like the planning side of things. Uh, but by doing that, it gives me this bigger perspective of where I want to grow, like how I want to grow in my business, where I want to take that, how I want to serve others in the next 13 weeks. There's enough space so that you feel like you've got time to do all those things. But it doesn't feel like it's a year or two years where you don't have sort of defined goals or defined dates in place. So I think 13 weeks works really well for me. I write down all the things that I feel like are achievable and doable. And then I write down a separate list of all the things that um, are going to be like exciting if I wanted to do that as well. So yeah, that would be just like a tip for people just to take the time at the start of every month just to see where it is that you want to take your business and write those things down so you can achieve it.
0: That sounds like a really good and very helpful tool. Like planning is always a good Planning one. is great, yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for being with us here today. Um, So, if our listeners want to find out a little bit more about you, where can they go?
1: Yeah, so I'm over at jochanyan.com. And also, you can find me on Instagram at jochanyan as well. (laughs) Wonderful. Thank you so much again.
0: And um, looking forward to sharing your wonderful words of wisdom with our listeners.
1: Oh, thanks, Nadia. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you
0: for listening to Wingrove Street. This podcast is brought to you by the Melbourne Innovation Centre. If you are a small business or startup in need of support, we're here to help. We offer services and support across Victoria to accelerate your business growth. To find out more, head to www.melbourneinnovation.com.au.